Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This week, electoral systems. Uh, this will be a marathon. This is definitely the most complicated topic that we'll probably uh, cover. Yeah. I think it, just in general. I think it also in might be one of the most important. Like, I feel like it's hard to understand, but also people have lots of questions about it. And uh, particularly timely because I don't think a lot of people are really that uh, upset about it, that in Canada, the 2015 national election will not be the last uh, <laughs> national election that's uh, carried out under first-past-the-post voting. Yeah. Uh, and I think people should be mad about that. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think I might be running in a particularly kind of specific crowd because there were a lot of my friends who were annoyed, but I know that when I leave that crowd, it is considerably less concerned. I think the main issue for me at least is that it is strictly worse it is strictly yeah. worse than other forms of vote counting and 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 ballot marking yeah it just isn't a good it isn't the best way to do it and it's very measurable that it's not the best way so let's let's talk about what what an electoral system is first mm -hmm. why why we vote sure. i think we talked about that last episode on why we want to vote in, in a democracy and why we have people that we send to national capital mm -hmm. and they they cast votes on our behalf. Yeah. But talking about how we actually choose those people is also an important topic. Yeah. I feel like, so I think the way we did this was pretty good because I think like that was step one and now we're going to step two, like what are the rules and how about how it goes down. But it is, I think, and we did do this definition thing last last month with democracy so we'll do another definition for electoral systems just so like you know from the outset what you're getting um and i would i would define it and from sort of my research would define it as electoral systems uh, as being a set of rules that determine how elections and referendums are conducted and how the results are determined when elections should occur is sort of so the this factor we're not really specifically going to talk about but that's part of electoral rules um who is allowed to vote who can stand as candidates uh how ballots are marked and cast that that's something we'll focus on and how ballots are counted also something we'll we'll sort of touch on yeah but um so just any factors that go into running the actual election and they're usually it, it go into a electoral system and that's usually defined by your constitutions and your electoral law and there's a lot that goes into it and they are generally sort of difficult things to change because yeah. the way that you count votes has such an impact on who holds power yeah in your country mm -hmm. and yeah if you're in power you probably don't want to change that in general, we're going to talk today about two different forms of voting, which are proportional representation forms and non-proportional forms. Mm -hmm. uh, and to give a quick overview, the four types of voting that we're going to go over are first past the post, which is common in Canada currently, mm -hmm. uh, then the alternative vote, which is a slight improvement over first past the post as it avoids the spoiler effect. Then we'll move into some proportional representation methods and talk about the difference between open and closed lists and how important those are. And then finally, in conclusion, we'll do a little we'll have a little discussion about the suggested uh, methods for Canada and how we could potentially in the future 
uh, count our votes and mark our ballots using a mixed member proportional system uh, that also employs the single transferable vote, which are terms that hopefully uh, we'll understand <laughs> by the end of this uh, half hour. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so first past the post, how does this crappy system work, Kaylee? Well, uh, it's probably the easiest to explain. So I'm glad we're starting with it. Good warm up. Um, voters in one riding uh, vote for a candidate. The candidate who gets the most votes uh, wins and is, uh, you know, is elected. It, so it doesn't even really have to, if you have like three or four candidates, um, that doesn't even mean that you get 50% of the vote, which I think is what we'll talk about being the biggest problem with it. But that's essentially how that works. Yeah, the first past the post system leads to eventually a two party system. Yeah, because you if you don't you end up voting for candidates you don't like generally mm -hmm. you you or you vote against candidates that you don't like so you'll say this person aligns more closely with me but also that person who's going to get a lot of votes i really don't like so to stop them from winning mm -hmm. i'm going to vote for the guy who uh is not that person who's the most likely to win yeah and then the people on the other side who dislike your person who you're now voting for mm -hmm. will say i don't like that person i want to vote for the person who's most likely to win who isn't that person yeah and this leads to two parties in general, which we can see in Canada happening. And yeah. there is uh, an issue with uh, third parties finally coming in once people get upset and they say, wow, we only have two people mm -hmm. that we choose back from back and forth, the liberals and the conservatives. And then they say, <laughs> I'm going to vote for a third party to change everything, who then splits the vote on the side that you actually like and then makes the most ideologically opposite mm -hmm. party that you like now get power yeah so you get a lot yeah so then you just have a lot of people i find around especially around canadian electoral times is like oh don't throw away your vote or you're just gonna split the vote and so it just makes your vote much more you, you, less about you and more about like a and your individual needs and the representation that your candidate and your riding can provide you and more about the bigger picture it leads to strategic vote yeah. and rather than voting for your ideals and what you actually mm -hmm. need and want it leads to voting against things that you don't want yeah and it also leads to a wildly disproportionate uh, representation in at on the national stage we see this currently with quite a large or quite a small minority of votes being cast for the current uh party who's in power the liberal party mm -hmm. in canada uh who then go on to have uh, quite a quite a significant majority on a national yeah. scale, and this is uh, a a major issue. I was going to say a, a little bit of a problem, but this is not a little bit of a problem. This should be a major concern for the the vast majority of voters. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think you also see probably a lot of disenfranchisement with the idea of voting. Um, especially amongst uh, our age group, which, you know, under 30s, because, yeah, you can't vote for anybody who actually would appeal to you and have realistic hope that they would be sent to the to the house. And I think that's important. And I, and it like it sort of is just self-feeding, right? Like if the people who would vote for the Green Party or other smaller parties aren't even voting, then it just makes it even easier for the two-party system to kind of continue that, that there's no real challenge. Okay. Self-feeding. Enough of the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> enough of the darkness into the light. Yeah. What is uh, the, the first 
obvious improvement to the uh, first past the post mm-hmm. major problems is the alternative vote, which is yeah. still not a proportional system, but you vote and you rank people that you rank the candidates in your riding. Mm-hmm. So you say, uh, I like the NDP candidate, so I'm going to vote for them. But then I actually, and then after you're essentially the first person you vote for, you say, ah, but I really don't like the conservative. So mm-hmm. I'm now going to vote my second rank for the liberals and then my third rank for the greens mm-hmm. and then my fourth rank for the Parti Québécois who's not even in my writing <laughs> and you write them in and then you crumple up your ballot and throw it in the box yeah yeah it's a it is a better it is an improvement for sure uh and it, it's actually only got a limited use like I think only Australia that I read was using it I think New Zealand uses yeah. it in some local elections um but yeah you can you get to rank and then at least each candidate in order to get sent to the house of commons would have to get 50% of the vote. Um, you could still win the national popular vote with less than 50, but you could, you could, each candidate would have more of a mandate to be going for sure. Yeah. Because if in that riding, if in that, uh, make believe riding, the, uh, NDP after everything's tallied, the NDP ends up with 25%. The, uh, liberals end up with, 35 percent and then the conservatives end up with 40 percent then that conservative candidate would under uh first post win despite 60 percent of the riding Mm -hmm. uh not not liking them and then so the ndp the you then you then tally up who you ranked second on your ballot Mm -hmm. because the ndp are removed because they finished last and then you redistribute those votes Mm -hmm. So it kind of reduces the spoiler or eliminates the spoiler effect because you can now vote for who you actually want to instead of having to strategically vote. And then if those votes get redistributed and 5% of NDP voters vote for conservatives and the other 20% vote for liberals, then the liberals have more than 50%. So then they still go. Mm -hmm. uh, But at least your voice is heard. Yeah. You've been counted. Whereas with first past the post, if you didn't vote for the guy who the guy or woman who got uh you, you know 40 percent of the vote then you know uh 60 percent of the population in that area just their vote did not matter or get sent to the house of Commons. yeah uh this is also known as instant runoff voting yeah there are sort of analogies to it in uh some presidential systems like the one we we just talked about recently in which you vote in the first round mm-hmm. for there's like eight candidates yeah. and then if nobody gets over 50 percent, you take the top two yeah and you go into an actual runoff where you go and vote a second time yeah. that's really expensive though and, and this allows for all that to be done in yeah. one ballot yeah that's called uh and that's a, it's yeah that's slightly different it's two round runoff is what it's called and i think we should mm-hmm. note like countries we've covered that do it are france russia and singapore do two round runoff whereas yeah, the only country that does ranked is probably Australia for us, uh, or mm-hmm. alternative vote, which that's, I think, something that is uh, a little can be a little confusing about when we're talking about what sort of voting system countries use, is that there are a lot of different names for essentially the same voting. Yeah. yeah. This alternative vote, then, uh, also known as an instant runoff vote, uh, also by some other names, uh, can be just quickly 
uh, as a non-proportional system be improved with the single transferable vote, mm -hmm. which is essentially the same, only there's multiple candidates for each riding. Yeah. Uh, and that's just to throw out another term that you can look up if you're interested in. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's get into proportional systems yeah. and what they aim to do, Gailey. Yeah, so you're trying to match uh, party seats in the legislators to the share of the vote cast nationally, provincially, or, or regionally, depending on how you design the system. Um, so you generally cast a vote, a ballot for a political party or a specific candidate on a list prepared by the, the party. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's really one, it's probably the most broadly used system that we'll talk about. Uh, like 83 countries are counted as having some form of PR. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, and the proportion of votes cast for each party determines the number of seats that they'll receive based on an electoral formula, which I don't want to get into. Um, yeah, there are different ways of determining who on the list gets counted yeah. and how you actually vote. But generally, it means that if 15% of the people in a country vote for a certain party, 15% or as close as you can get to that number of seats yeah. in the House of Commons are filled with that party. Yeah, that is usually that should usually be what that means. Yeah, the most PR systems also have a minimum threshold. So most countries would have say if you don't get more than five percent of the vote, you're you're not going to get in. But mm -hmm. um, other than, um, but that's essentially it. You're more likely to have uh, minorities with this system for sure. Yeah, so you can have multiple parties that so you get to vote for the party that actually represents you. There is some strategic voting that happens mm -hmm. in the parties that all hover from two to 4% yeah. of how to get that threshold. Uh, but that, it just basically means that that um, strategic voting affects a, a, a much smaller minority of the population than in yeah. our current system. I mean, yeah, two to 4% of strategic voting is much more desirable than, you know, a hundred percent. So yeah. there are, so you mentioned these lists that are prepared mm -hmm. by by the parties, and there are generally two classes of lists. There are open lists and closed mm -hmm. lists. Uh, and in one case, you vote for people, and in another case, you generally vote for parties. How does that work? So closed list proportional representation is what it would be, sort of the long name called. Uh, if voters would cast a single vote for their preferred party rather than voting for a person from that party. So... Uh, before the election, parties set out their lists of candidates who are are to be elected in a certain order, like one through ten, um, and, and it's typically left to only parties' internal processes, kind of to determine who the candidates for that list will be, and then voters just choose which party wins. Um, this isn't actually particularly common. Um, the only uh, the only country that did we we covered Kyrgyzstan once, right? Um, that was the only party or the only country that we covered that uses a closed list. Yeah. Interestingly, when the parties form these lists, there's generally some sort of um, formula that goes into it that every, I think with Kyrgyzstan, it was like every fourth candidate mm -hmm. minimum had to be of a different yeah. gender. Yeah. And then there was also some diversity requirements so that one in 10 candidates on the list and in order, so if you got 10 seats, then the 10th candidate minimum mm -hmm. had to be of some uh, other other group that is potentially underrepresented. Yeah, usually to represent like an ethnic, yeah, ethnic minorities or religious yeah. minorities. Yeah, so that's 
the logic behind that and there's certainly debates to be had over it but like the majority of systems use open lists which means yeah. that uh, voters express a preference for their party as well as one or more candidates on their party's list of candidates so the yeah. vote can a vote for a specific individual influences where they get to stand on that list so you give a list of 10 candidates the order will be determined by the voter. In some systems, you can even support candidates from more than one party too, as well. Um, uh, but that you know that might be getting a little more complicated. But we did cover a few con- like Colombia, the Czech Republic, Netherlands. They all use open lists. In this case, you would vote every. They just put out a list, and the order doesn't matter mm-hmm. of all the candidates that are running, and you vote for the actual person that you like. And if that person gets, you know the the most votes out of anybody yeah. then they're the first on the list mm-hmm. or the, the most votes out of anybody within that party yeah. so then the first seat allocated to that party based on their total percentage of the vote uh that top person on the list gets into parliament mm-hmm. yeah and then the second person gets in if there's if they have if they're allocated a second seat mm-hmm. yeah and i think just sort of i think what's important to note about is like the the voter is getting a, a fair chunk of say in who is going to represent mm-hmm. them in this. Like there, I think there is some suggestion that with proportional representation, you might not get as much control over the specific candidates going to see you. But like the bulk of countries have an open list, and there is um, there is room in there for the voter to have a very specific say about who is is representing them. Um, some. Some issues with this is the kind of the lack of that individual person that you're voting for and also individual uh, representation on sort of a regional or riding mm-hmm. level, which kind of does lead to our uh, mixed member proportional mm-hmm. system that we're going to talk about uh, as a potential for Canada based on the way that the, the, the uh, population is laid out across the country mm-hmm. uh, and the distribution of it. Uh, but I think that that was a whirlwind tour <laughs> through the different types of voting in general. There's a whole lot to look into for mm-hmm. this stuff, but just kind of generally saying why some things are better than others. Yeah. Uh, but it does show by talking about the different countries that we have talked about that there is no kind of off the shelf solution to any of this. And it's very customizable. And there are, there are as many different voting systems as there are different countries, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah, and you need to you need to customize it for your country because your population is it depends on what your population looks like. How do you divide up your states? How you, you know, like we have pro, we have ten provinces across a huge population, like hugely spread out population that is widely different. And, you know, certainly the East Coast views things very different than the West Coast, and so you need to be able to account for. And we're all located around the southern border, so what works for a country like the Netherlands, which I think uh, I read in an article is about the size of some of our electoral uh, uh, ridings, uh, is not going to work for us specifically. Exactly. And there are specific, even just not, notwithstanding the ideological differences that range across the country, because that can be represented uh, reasonably well, but representing the actual uh, problems that certain voters face that other voters don't Mm -hmm. face. Say if you're a, uh, northern community mm-hmm. and 
ice roads are a huge problem for you yeah. or prices of prices of getting goods goods in or gas prices or whether you are a particular uh, oil producing mm-hmm. region and pipelines may be very important yeah. to you and uh <laughs> I need that representation or if pipelines generally cross through your region uh, on the way to being shipped into other countries mm-hmm. and how how those things interact with your specific uh, problems that is an important mm-hmm. that is in that is an important point that regional differences are more than just ideological differences oh, yeah. they are specific challenges that certain areas face that others don't yeah i mean uh rural yeah you come from a much older community your your healthcare you're going to want different like healthcare like it's there's just different things you'll be worried about and and if you can't get representation for that if you're in a riding that is designed uh in such a way that it is possible that your vote being like maybe if you're part of the 60 percent of people who didn't vote um and that 60 percent of yeah whose vote didn't count i mean it's a huge problem how are we going to know what the real problems are i guess in that area yeah so all of these systems and and some of these problems are not problems for many countries that are much smaller than than canada is yeah uh but they are they may face different problems Mm -hmm. of it depends on it depends really on the makeup of your country and it's a very specific thing and these voting systems are generally tailored very specifically mm-hmm. uh, and just in closing there are uh, suggestions for a, a different systems that Canada could adopt um, there was kind of a big push for this because Canada was supposed to adopt a new voting system yep. <laughs> uh, in our in our next federal election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, you let me know this actually, a uh, combination of mixed member proportional voting mm-hmm. with a single transfer, transferable vote. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as mixed member proportional, it's the one that most lets you. So Germany would be a good example of a country that has it. Um, but you would be able to have the multi members in, in high density urban areas. Um, and mm-hmm. then and uh, have you the, the ability to top up with uh, according to percentage of vote um, for those regions and yeah. going from those regions. And then with single transferable, um, you would have you could really use that well in rural areas um, where a single member is sent and then with a bit of regional top up seats based on on percentage of vote for there. And so both would allow you to have uh good specific representation of uh, regions i think one of the biggest certainly the biggest divides in canada is urban versus rural and how do we represent them best without uh without cutting down their representation yeah yeah and if you're listening to this on our uh google play or on our soundcloud Mm -hmm. uh, definitely check out our twitter at prob politics because we will share some links with uh, this podcast there uh, that include um, some explainers with a little bit more math if you're interested in some of them for how the votes are counted and tallied, uh, and also uh, an explainer from actually the government of Canada uh, about what mixed uh, or what proportional representation is and how it could be applied. That kind of goes a lot deeper, and there'll be other resources mm-hmm. there as well to learn more about voting systems. Yeah, and the, yeah, I recommend checking some of these out because I think a lot of the these systems. If you see like a visual representation of how a ballot would look, it makes it a lot clearer yeah. in a lot of ways how it, how it would go. Yeah. So just because uh, 
it's much easier probably to poll a kindergarten classroom on whether or not they would like uh, chocolate or vanilla ice cream uh, <laughs> at the end of the year with first past the post where everybody raises mm-hmm. their hand for one option. Uh, it does not mean that that extends well to choosing a government for a uh, country of tens to hundreds of millions of people. Yeah, I think that we should recognize that scaling up like that should probably get more complicated than... <laughs> yeah, there is some sophistication that is required uh, for for these types of choices. <laughs> yeah. Tweet at us at probpolitics. Send us emails, probpolitics at gmail.com. The inbox is flooded, Kaylee. Oh, yes. The inbox is flooded. I just can't even keep up with email. Oh, yeah. It's it's insane. Most of it is spam, <laughs> but I, I, I'm still waiting for an actual email from a listener. <laughs> but wow, the the pharmacy prices that I have access to from this spam folder <laughs> is just insane. Yeah. So keep keep sending us uh, pictures of you and your sweaters. If you still haven't done that, even though this will probably be going live a couple months after the sweaters are out and it'll be mid-summer, but say potentially you are in the Southern Hemisphere and it is winter at the time. Yeah, and you Send us a tweet. still don't want to wear a sweater because it's probably still hot, but... All right. Thanks for listening to our uh, attempt to uh, explain different voting systems. And hopefully that has given uh, a bit of insight into why this is an important topic. And this is really just a jumping off point Mm -hmm. to learn more about these things and why they are important and uh, let your representatives know that this is an important issue.